Hello and welcome, folks, to Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. I'm Joe Oberly from Senior Writer from VikingsTerritory.com and PurplePTSD.com, and that's Mark Craig, NFL Insider from the Star Tribune and Vikings Writer from StarTribune.com and all of that. And uh, we're here for another week of frivolity, agreement, disagreement, uh, embattled verbiage, whatever you want to say, we're going to have at it. And there's no better topic to start when you're looking for topics in the summer on the Vikings than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, always the, always the lightning rod. Sometimes it's bright and exciting and illuminating, or sometimes it's uh, it's it comes with the heat of a thousand hot suns. So, Kirk Cousins, Mark, what do you think of that wow. dude? Well, you sounded like you were half dead until you mentioned Kirk's name. So, you, I love Kirk. So, Kirk was like paddles to your heart there. I mean, you <laughs> sound like I, I was a little worried about you. Uh, well, it's yeah, bad. yeah, it's bad he, health month. I need little Kirk to revive me. So, there you go. What do you need to know about this? Uh, he plays quarterback, well, you know, right? Let's see. You know, Kirk is. Uh, you know, we 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 touched on it in the past, but we really didn't dive into it as far as. Uh, you know, they they kind of disbarred ended conversations on as an extension for Kirk to see what they're going to do. The Vikings are in the middle of this uh, rebuild that they're doing, and they got to figure out if Kirk is the guy to go forward forth with forward with he's 35 year old quarterback he's he's you know done pretty well we discussed him last week as far as some people ranking him in the and where mark you ranked him in near the near the top 10 of quarterbacks in the league it's not it's not the kind of thing you just want to throw away 35 is not that old for a quarterback these days um and kirk as we know has played on prove it years before in his contract you know i i got his contract and we can call up the numbers in a bit but um i guess first of all give me your your impressions about where the vikings are handling this right now and uh what do you see going forward and and, and how it all play out will kirk be back after this year or uh will they miracle uh find a miracle find someone next year to uh take his place i doubt it go ahead what what, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I think I think you know the Vikings have handled it in a way uh, for a team that's was, you know, had their nose jammed up against the salary cap, and they had no, they had, to, you got to field a team, you know, and they had to say goodbye to a lot of you know good players and guys who are at the end of their career just not, um, you know, up to their, uh, no longer worth what they're paying them. So, I think they handled it in a good way. It, it could pay off for them. It could. It could jam them up because, you know, what if what if they if they improve on that 13 win season? What if Kirk, you know, being in the second year of uh, with O'Connell, the first year with O'Connell was pretty good for him. Uh, they didn't win a playoff game, but man, Kirk played played the position bet, as we've talked about. I think better than he's played it before. And now you got a second year in this system with a with a play caller, a coach that he's comfortable with. You know, if he outplays, uh, it's hard to it's so crazy when you think about the, in these terms, but that's the way the NFL is financially. If he outplays where he's at or where he's been, then, you know, uh, Kirk is, I think we did rank. I, you know, I, I usually have him at 10 somehow when we do do these rankings, I always end up with him 
tied or maybe a little bit ahead of Dak Prescott, you know, mm-hmm. so I got him, you know, he is a top 10 quarterback. Uh, so is he the best quarterback? Heck no. He's a, he's at probably at number 10, but that's pretty good. And the Vikings, you know, they don't have to look too far back in their history to realize what it was like not to have a quarterback that's, you know, in that, that realm also in a guy that was not as durable as Kirk, you know? So to me, it's a uh, Kirk could be in a position where say all of a sudden, you know, Someone's looking for him, and they're a contender. They're looking for a quarterback. Kirk could have other, but the Vikings, I think if he plays well, which I think he will play well because Kirk is great at, at betting on himself or, you know, in these situations. Uh, and then but I think he'll, he'll end up back here because that, at his stage of his career, you know, and, and if they want him back, it's going to be a good team, a good fit for him. So I think the Vikings have handled it in a, in a situation where, you know, I think they will win out in the end, and I think Kirk also will win out because if if Kirk plays that well and they win, then he gets to stay here in a, in a comfortable situation, and the Vikings are winning. So I, I I think they handle it the way that they, you know, that they needed to financially, but also in a, in a in a in a good manner. You you touched on the other point of that uh, equation is uh, Kirk will win out in the end, and I I guess I'd like to in a way ask you. Uh, about how Kirk's handling it. And I got to say right out of the gate that I, I commend him for, for how he handles a situation like this. He's a different kind of guy that not everybody would take on a prove it year without complaint and say, okay, that's fine. Let's run it. I'll run back and do what, whatever I got to do. He, I think he values, you know, when you say he's betting on himself, he sees values in his own ability and his own numbers and his own performance more so than, about half of the Vikings fan base, you know, he's willing to bet on himself. He's willing to say, I've done this before. I'm going to bet on me. I'm, I'm durable. Like you said, I'm, I, I, you know, you've called him a top 10 quarterback in the league. I think he's there. Um, you know, and he's getting paid a, a bunch of money and regardless of what happens right now, and he's guaranteed a heck of a lot more. We'll, we'll examine that in a minute, but yeah, I think, uh, it, maybe I'm overstating it, but Kirk, Kirk values himself, but Kirk doesn't have to worry about betting on himself. He's going to make bank one way or the other. So, you know, why not? Why not? Well, yeah. Say, I'm but, play. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, when we say he's betting on himself, it's, it's kind of funny. It's almost like if we were to go to Mystic Lake and we, we put a quarter down and we win a million dollars and then we take that million dollars and we win, you know, another million dollars. Uh, uh, Kirk's playing with some house money too, because he's, you know, uh, the success in the postseason is not matched what Kirk has, has pr- produced financially for himself. So uh, we've, we've joked before that his, his pen should go in the hall of fame at some point because of how he not only, you know, jokingly, but, you know, being on two franchise uh, tags in Washington and then becoming the first player in NFL history to get a guaranteed long-term contract with the Vikings, you know, fully guaranteed. Uh, so uh, when we say he's gambling, he's betting on himself. He's betting with some house money too, because of where how much he's, he's yeah. been able to accumulate over over his career. Um, yeah, and he's that he is that guy that's you know, as we've said a million times, you, you, when you're writing about when Kirk has a good game and you're writing about the positives, you get attacked from the, the, the one side, and if he has a bad game and he has one of those uh, where he disappears at the end and a three and out, and you're like, man, you, you, this is where you needed him to step up then you got all the people who love him coming after you. So 
he is uh he's a the kirk conundrum is real i mean it's uh the guy can can has the numbers the guy can have the game winning situations where he leads the team but he can also have games where he disappears so uh but the bottom line with kirk cousins is he's a good quarterback and you can win with kirk cousins as your quarterback which not every team has that and uh so you know the Vi- if, if the Vi- if they play well and uh, it will cost the Vikings to bring him back and and uh, would have been kind of good this year, maybe because uh, of course they wouldn't have got Addison if they would have drafted a quarterback but yeah. uh, at some point you know the ideal situation would be to get a first round quarterback and have him ease into it after a year and have Kirk on a one year deal but you know that's if Kirk has a great year he's not going to sign just a one year deal so it's uh it's They've, they've, they've done well so far to get themselves to this point where it goes from here could be any number of ways. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting. You say, I think for Kirk cousins, the bottom line, the epitaph, the legacy would be the greatest for him would to be, would to, would be to win a super bowl here. Cause then I, I think, you know, and I'm looking at myself here, I think he gets a bad rap because I have, I, 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 Everything we said about Kirk Cousins, you've said so far, I agree with. He has those things against him where he's, you know, forever was a 500 quarterback. Uh, he couldn't win in prime time. He couldn't win in the big games. He hasn't done that great in the playoffs. And I've always said, I think he's good. I think he's very good. I don't think he can take you to the next level where you want to be. Like, I think Patrick Mahomes good. I think Aaron Rodgers good. I think, you know, all these other guys, I think Joe Burrows can. You know, the, these guys are out there that you look at them and you know, they have that certain thing that's going to get you to the next level. I've said that I don't think that's the case with Kirk. I would love to see him win a Super Bowl here, and we would have to go back, if he did, and reevaluate everything we've said about him, wouldn't we? It would put a whole new light on it, right? Or, you know you know what I'm saying? All of a sudden, you'd have to say, well, it, well, it, 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 it depends. Well, good, right? yeah, I mean, it depends. I mean, um, that's where it's, it's not a black and white argument. It's um, like, like you can say, yeah, yeah. Patrick Mahomes or, or um, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Those are guys that uh, you don't, you don't let go over Kirk cousins until you get a guy like that. So yeah, it's like, yeah. uh, you know, you got to deal with reality. The reality is, you know, that's your quarterback. Can you win with him? Yes, you can win with him. He's not, probably not, he is not going to carry you the way that, say a Patrick Mahomes will carry you. But in saying that there's a Super Bowl that Patrick Mahomes lost that even Patrick Mahomes can't carry yeah. because his offensive line was shredded. He was running for his life and he did, he did as good a job as he could against the Buccaneers. Uh, but you know, it's still a team game. So uh, I think the team game thing comes into play a little more whenever you well, have. That's a great point, um, Mark. I mean, to take that further, Ken, can the Vikings win with uh, the Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins? They have to build around, but they're rebuilding. So should they be? Well, I don't know that they're rebuilding as much offensively as, you know, I mean, the offensive line should step forward, right? I mean, it, they yeah. were together last year. They were better last year. They won 13 games. Now they move forward a year. Um, you know, by – when we say that, you know, that, that Kirk doesn't carry you the way an Aaron Rodgers, you know, the, the next level magical hall of fame, first yeah. ballot guys, what, what a Peyton Manning does, what an Aaron Rodgers does. 
is uh, you got, okay, your left tackle and your center uh, is uh, we're all pro last year and now they're not playing one, one leaves uh, as the case of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Uh, Bakhtiari is on IR all season, you know, uh, Kirk, um, Aaron Rodgers wins MVP. They make the playoffs that year. Uh, you know, that with, with Kirk, I don't think that happens. If, if there's things that fall apart in front of him, he's going to be, he's mortal. You know, these other guys sometimes appear to be immortal where, uh, but that's, you know, when you say that stuff, it's like, well, it break thinks you're going right down to where he's a terrible quarterback. No, he's not a terrible. Yeah. Quarterback. Yeah. He's a good quarterback who you can win with. And uh, I think, you know, they've put together, you know, getting Flores as we'll talk about yeah. down the road here, but you know, that that's a good step. Yeah. That's like, that's a real good step. It, it would have been nice if they would have had, if they, if the, you know, what gets lost in the, the, the glory of the Flores hiring is the fact that they hired Donatello last year. And that was clearly did not fit. It was pretty clear early on, you know, in September, we were having conversations that were around uh, TCO about how, you know, this is probably not the right guy, you know? Uh, so they, you know, they did make them, you know, and we, and the other thing is with the players, media, we were all kind of singing Donatello's praises a little bit, the Fangio uh, Donatello defense up until it was, it, it didn't work. No. And then, so, you know, I think Flores will work, but it's like, okay, uh, that's a good move, but why wasn't it made last year? Why, you know, so, you know, that's, uh, I think that a move like that helps Kirk. I think offensive line helps Kirk. Um, you know, losing Dalvin um, can hurt Kirk in the exploit and, and take, and also could help hurt Jefferson in taking, and taking some yep. eyes off of, off of those guys. Uh, but we'll see. And I think they'll make more third and ones without Dalvin and having a different approach that way. But, you know, uh, Madison and is not going to be, you know, taking a screen pass and going 80 yards for a touchdown either. So, no, 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 it's, it's interesting. I, I, I you know, um, when I, when I asked that question, should they be, uh, 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 re, you know, doing whatever they're doing, whatever you want to call it, rebuilding, they are rebuilding, uh, especially if they trade Daniel Hunter, we know it's a, a, a rebuild, but um, should they be doing with Kirk? And it all comes down to, you know, your Hall of Fame voter, you said put his pen in the Hall of Fame. Well, uh, it for Kirk, it all comes down to his money. And uh, I, I went to overthecaphere.com to, to look at his contract. There was a story on uh, Dustin Baker uh, had a story this morning on our site that talking about um, one of these national writers says the Vikings are not, you know, interested in uh, bringing back Kirk next year, you know, probably, you know, reading some tea leaves or for whatever worth, but it's uh, like, they're, what are you they're throwing, they're, they're throwing, they're throwing something at the wall and hoping. Yeah. And they are, but it's okay. We'll, we'll discuss it to a certain degree here, but I, I just want to, I want to say, put it on the poo poo pile because uh, uh, you look at his contract, he's, He's got if, if they were to let him go now, or you know, he would have been 48 million dead cap next year. If they let him go, it's going to be 28 million dead cap space. I mean, you're not going to do that, you know. I mean, even if you do draft a quarterback uh, next year, that is is your future. He's not going to play right out of the gate. You got to season him for a year, and you want to keep keep winning in the meantime. I mean, Kirk is uh, Kirk is do, guaranteed a lot of money, and you know that doesn't go away. Because you say, oh, God, we, we don't want to, you know, sign him. I mean, I, I suppose you have to extend him and, and and make that pain go down the road. But 
I, I, I don't see them even getting rid of him next year, no matter what they do in the draft. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I have to look at it, but you know, it's avoidable contract. It, it's a, it voids next year. It voids right. after, uh, after the franchise tag deadline, which he's not going to get the franchise tag anyways, because that would be a 52, 52 or $53 million uh, one year deal. Uh, so he's not yeah. going to get the, the He's not going to get the, the, the he's not going to get franchise tag, but that, that becomes avoidable. Uh, the you know the whole per, he's guys he's technically he's signed past this coming year, but it voids in March, and then right. they, they they have to figure out what to do with him. Uh, and and nobody can answer the Vikings can't answer what they're going to do with him at this point because they don't know. I mean, it's, it's you people try to say, well you know the Vikings are thinking this the Vikings are people are thinking. You know, you have to play out the year because you don't have no, you have no idea what you know, how it's going. What are they looking injury. for? Mark? What are they looking for? You know, yeah, you have. To, that's a good point. Injury when play out the year, but he's their quarterback this year. Yeah, I mean, he's a he's a he's their quarterback this year. If they're if they if they if he plays like crap or they they go backwards and it's a total teardown, then you don't bring him back and have him standing there in the middle of nothing. Right. Uh, this is this is a this is a I don't want to call it a competitive rebuild because that was last year's tag. And, and there are some good players that have moved on since then, right. but this is not a, you know, when you have your quarterback who can, you can win with when you have Justin Jefferson, when you have a pretty good running, still have a good running back situation and you have an offensive line, that's a veteran group. That's should be better. Uh, you know, it, it's not a, uh, it's not a start over deal right now. Uh, defensively, yeah, if, if I think that they they if if you lose Hunter, there's tr- you know trouble is coming. But you know right. they, they didn't have a great defense last year, um, you know, and won 13 games. So this is not a uh, like the Bears last year. The Bears were you know it, the Bears kind of were, were in give up mode right from the day one of. Yep. But you look at where the Bears are are positioned right now after this off season that they've had. Um, you know, no one's going to remember that year, but it was a tough year to go through for them when basically you're, you're horrible and you're just hoping that your quarterback doesn't get hurt at some, you know, doesn't suffer a major injury. And then it, it, when they reached the training deadline, they got rid of guys. So they, uh, and they also, but they did bring in uh, a receiver from Pittsburgh that will end up probably helping them long-term, but yeah, you just, you got to like play the season out and see, you know, do they want Kirk back? Do they need him back? Things like that. Yeah, it, it, it's fascinating, and, and and that is key, and it, it is key for our uh, Vikings fans as well. I mean, right now, everybody and their brother that dislikes uh, Kirk Cousins doesn't want him back and doesn't want the Vikings. Well, that's not the wrong thing, right thing, but the, you know, as the season goes on, we all we all probably think, okay, let's let's commit to the rebuild and let's go uh tank for whoever you know and get rid of Kirk Cousins and and get that new quarterback of the future and get a high draft pick but you know dang well as soon as the uh, season starts the first game of the year they're not going to be cheering for losses they're going to be cheering for this team to win no. and, and it just it just it, it's it's a no-win situation or it's it's a conundrum it you know uh oxymoron, whatever you want to call it. You, you, you want him to get a high draft choice, but you don't want, I don't want to see, I don't want to see him play bad football. 
I want to see him win. And Kirk's got a well, pretty for, got a nice yeah. situation around him on offense. But anyway, go ahead, Mark. You got something. I, I, I mean, I guess when we get to our age, we start to realize that, you know, <laughs> there's only so many falls in our in our history, in our lifetime, you know. <laughs> and uh, whenever you, you boil that down to, a, to an NFL player, if you, to me, when you tank, you're taking a you're taking a year off Justin Jefferson's career, his prime. You, you know, th- I mean, I don't know. I, I think you you put together the, the best team you can and and uh, you go from there. I mean, the quarterback situation, I know that they that they would have loved to have have gotten that Richardson from Florida if he had a fallen somewhere where they could trade up. Um, but, you know, it didn't work out. But you know, it's on their radar for sure that what's the next step? What's the next yeah. step? But but right now you, you play the cards that you have and financially uh, this is, this is the best that they can do with, uh, with where they're at. And also, you know, uh, at one point Kirk was, you know, for maybe 35 seconds or whatever, Kirk was the highest paid player in NFL history when he signed that, but now seems like not as much. It uh, doesn't seem as breathtaking when it was, uh, what three years, eighty-four million or eighty-six yeah. million, whatever it was. You know, now he's he's more in line with, you know, with where you would expect a quarterback uh, like him to be paid. Interesting. Well, the bottom line for Kirk is, and I and I, when I was referring to it earlier, is you know, Kirk wins the Super Bowl to change his legacy. For some people, I don't know that it's ever going to make me happy. I, I, I propose that to my son, who's only lukewarm on Kirk Cousins. And I say, yeah, how, how, what would you think if uh, Kirk Cousins was the quarterback that won this, finally won a Super Bowl here in Minnesota? He went, kind of turned up his face. Well, yeah. He wasn't going, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> that says it all right there, you know. Well, I mean, it's hard to picture. It's hard to imagine, right? I mean, uh, because uh, we well, that's what his problem seen, was. But <laughs> well, we haven't seen, you know, any kind of, uh, you know, we, there's no, there's no playoff run there. That's, uh, that's there. There's only, you know, there's, yeah, uh, you know, that that Giants game changed changed that perception at least for me for that that's season. Right. I mean, Kirk had a Kirk had a fantastic regular season. His numbers weren't as good. They won't be. Re- if you're when you're looking at it, uh, you know, on paper, ten years from now, when he had yeah. the ball in his hand, he, he he took risks. No, no, no greater. Uh, or the the best play in the league last year was was Jefferson going up in Buffalo and getting that ball. A year earlier, Kirk doesn't even throw that ball. So, no, you're um, right. given 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 a great player like Justin Jefferson, opportunities, more opportunities is going to result in more turnovers, which we saw Kirk have more turnovers, but it wasn't the same as some of the, uh, the strip sacks and stuff like that, where we saw him kind of freeze and, and, and get stripped of the ball. You know, that's still going to be a, a bugaboo for him, but you know, yeah. in his defense, he's, he's in the pocket and he's he's trying to extend a play that way, as opposed to a Patrick Mahomes run around and throw it left-handed, which Kirk can't do. Uh, Kirk can run down last year on that scramble to the right. right. Kirk, Kirk is more, Kirk is definitely more, uh, more, more elusive and mobile than, than given credit for. But, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want him doing you know, a ton of that. I, you know, cause yeah. you know, he, if what, say what you want about him, but their, their best chance to win is whenever he's playing. There it is. That's that's the line right there. And, you know, to think, Mark, we were wondering what we were going to talk about today. All you have to do is say Kirk Cousins and you can fill up uh, more than a segment. Right. 
Uh, so yeah, because well. uh, none of us know anything of what's going to happen, but we love talking. <laughs> On that note, we'll take a quick break, and we won't talk about Kirk in the next segment uh, much, but no, we'll talk about something else. So come on back to Vikings Territory Breakdown and check it out. All right, folks, welcome back to Vikings Territory Breakdown podcast with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark, uh, uh, some guy on CBS Sports, uh, where I used to write for, actually, uh, threw out a, uh, a story on every, every team's best offseason move, and the one he came up with with the Vikings was – not a player, but a, but a coach, the signing of uh, hiring of Brian Flores as a defensive coordinator. And it's hard to argue with that choice. Uh, Flores was, was certainly as we're going forward here. I mean, the, the defense was the, was the, the Achilles heel on this team was more than Achilles heel. It was Achilles body on this team. And, uh, um, they needed to improve it. And as you mentioned earlier, the, Donatell defense did not get the job done. We're, we're thinking that Brian Flores is going to be a savior, but, uh, uh, and hoping so. I, I, I want him to be a savior for a long time, but I know that's not going to happen. But anyway, Mark, do you agree with that assessment? That's probably the Vikings, uh, uh, best off season move. Or are there any others out there that, uh, are worth talking about? Wow. Your one, your one, com- your one comment is just like, it's Minnesota Vikings fan in a nutshell. It's like, well, I know he's going to do a great job, and we're going to win the Super Bowl. But then he's going to leave. Oh, what was what was us? You know, I just damn right. Yeah, me and everybody else will take that. Our, our, uh, or or you know, our 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 place kicker is going to. I know he's going to kick the game-winning field goal to 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 beat the Broncos and win the Super Bowl. But he's probably going to sign somewhere else next year. Yeah, that, that's that's a Vikings fan there. Um, I you know, kid, our, I kid, our Joe. Our place is going to win. We're going to kick every every uh, uh, field goal in the in the regular season, and then lose one in the playoffs to go to the Super Bowl. That is a Vikings yes, fan. I, I, I was living in Canton, Ohio, with a janitor who at, at my old paper who was a big Vikings fan, and I said that to him. I said, "Do you really want your kicker being thirty five for thirty five <laughs> going into the postseason?" And it, to this day, I still tell that story. I, I no, I, I had no insight. But, so I jinxed it. Um, you did. No, I mean, uh, did that come with an asterisk? That that might have been the the was that the only move the Vikings made that <laughs> yeah. would have risen to that level? Because you know they uh, as we as we talked about off, off screen, Joe is uh, it was it's more. This is more about a you know subtraction uh, off season than a addition off season, but. I, you know, I, obviously I agree with the, the, the best move the Vikings made was Flores. Now it's got to come with personnel, but uh, I like the, I like the fact that if you're going to, you know, if you're, if you're going to be bad, be, be fast, aggressive and bad. Don't be sitting back bad. Like, you know, the Vikings last year had, had they had some talent on defense. You know, yeah, they had Peterson and uh, all the guys, you know, Kendrick and, it was aging talent, but also it, they were they were in a defense that, you know, kind of sat back. And it, whenever they sat back and they were able to get turnovers at the end to save end of games, which they had they had a, a number of them. Buffalo, uh, Dantzler had a strip. Uh, um, I think Bynum had an interception late. There, you know, they they did have like kind of some some late game heroics defensively that gets overlooked in the fact we say, oh, you know, it's a terrible defense. They were they were god awful. 
they ranked here and there, but they also made some big plays at end of games that, that we forget to mention. Um, but to me, you know, getting that, that mentality, uh, the Flores yeah, mentality the Detroit, the Detroit will help. Fumble steal where they stole the right. fumble right out of his hands. That was a big one. Anyway, so, yeah. So that, that, that mentality, I think, uh, you know, of going, of being aggressive, going after the quarterback more it needs uh, is what they need. Now, they need that whether they might need it even more without uh, the talent, you know, with losing some of the talent that they lost. And if they lose Hunter, you know, they're, they're obviously going to have to be very aggressive and to manufacture some pass rush. that's not there. Uh, that's certainly not there with a the front four. So I would, uh, yeah, Flores, Flores is. Go ahead. Flores is there is, is a, is, was a, was a big, uh, was a big uh, home if run they, for them. And I'll see if they somehow, sign, re-sign, or extend Daniil Hunter and make him happy, that could be considered the biggest the biggest off-season move because you'd have to couple it with letting Dalvin Cook go because that's probably where the money's coming from. But, you know, that they haven't done that yet. But if they do that, I, you know, you that might have to rank up there. I mean, uh, wouldn't you say as a great off-season move, even though it isn't signing somebody new? Well, yeah, I don't know if you want to, you know, if you could qualify making a guy who's under contract happy a, a big offseason move. But, but yeah, I, th- I think that, you know, unlike Dalvin Cook, you know, Dalvin Cook makes any team that he goes for still, even he's young enough where anywhere he goes, he makes them better. But does he make them better relative to what he was making fine and costing him cap wise? No, that didn't work out here. Uh, I think with, with the Neil Hunter, uh, it's a it's a bigger situation for him because in order for them to have the pass rush, they need Daniel. They need Daniel's talent, but then they need Daniel's talent on the other side of Davenport, who they're trying they're trying to jumpstart a a guy who was in a former first round draft pick, who's finally who's frankly been a disappointment in four years as an NFL player. Yeah, he's got it in him, I think, but you know with Flores. Can only bring you so much you need you need Daniel Hunter you know you need that if if the way that offenses are if only one guy can threaten and then they kind of slide the defense to wherever he's at uh or the offensive protection to wherever that guy is it's harder to do that whenever you know there's two of them so right. you know that that they, they need Daniel for for so many reasons and I think and I was talking to Jeff Diamond about this the other day and and Jeff who's a uh, I have, I have trouble remembering if I was one or one over par or two over par or three over par, but Jeff can figure out like uh, cap numbers and all that stuff. And he was talking about a way we could, we should have him on uh, about how they can basically uh, make Daniel happy, give him a bunch of money and kind of keep his not his cap number the same, but it would require them believing in Daniel for that can, is Daniel a, top pass rusher, elite type pass rusher for three years. If they believe that, then he feels they can get that done. Uh, he's a lot smarter than I am. So yeah. I, I just feel like I look at this year and I feel like, you know, they got to find a way to get Daniel, you know, back on board. Um, so yeah, that, that's a, that would be a huge uh, getting him, you know, to not hold out and to be a big part of this defense is, is critical. If we do have to uh, point to a, uh, personnel move to uh, fit this uh, criteria set out by this guy from CBS Sports. Then uh, 
Josh Oliver, the tight end, has got to be their biggest move, right? I, I, I really am bullish on this move, even though it seems uh, uh, it's not a big splash. It's not, you know, uh, signing any one of the Vikings guys that left if you're another team. It's not, it's not uh, uh, bringing in the big name free agent. Uh, or OBJ, who who just went to who, where did he go? Did he go to the Ravens. Yeah, uh, um, it uh, it's it's a big deal for this offense because I think it's a thing they're missing. They got the other tight end who's a great pass catcher. They got Justin Jefferson. Uh, they've got uh, the rising KJ Osborne. They've got uh, rookie in Addison that could be really huge for him. And the running game took a step back, but the running game is going to be maybe de-emphasized, but a little bit different this year. And, and it could really benefit from a blocking tight end like Josh Oliver. So, so uh, would you agree, disagree with that? Well, yeah, I mean, we, we kind of, we've laughed or sort of poked fun at the, that their big signing on day one was a blocking tight end, but I think for what they're trying to achieve and yeah, I think that's a, that's, that's a, that's an acquisition that's going to, could be looked back on and say, you know, Hey, um, here's what their numbers are in third and short, fourth and short, you know, goal line situations. And this guy, if, if it improves, this guy's going to be a big part of it. In addition to having a running back that runs a little more, you know, uh, packs a little more of a punch when he's running, you know, a uh, short yardage situation. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's a, that's a big move. Um, you know, I, I look at the, the, the first round draft pick could go either way. It's like, uh, you know, the corners coming into the cornerbacks that are coming into the league now are so good. And so like last year was a great cornerback class and they were productive from the first guy that was taken all the way down to the seventh round. Uh, the Vikings missed out on a lot of corners by not taking one in the first round, but I feel like it was a, you know, Addison is going to add something that they need. That's going to help them more. Uh, this is, this is risky saying this because, uh, the corners that they have got us. There's like all of them are, were injury history, have injury problems in their history. Uh, they all got to stay healthy, but I think having Addison, uh, at, taking him in that first round is going to prove to be, uh, I mean, it's going to make, it's going to make Jefferson's better. It's going to make the running game better. It's going to make, uh, Kirk cousins better, uh, the tight end better. I think I just have a feeling that this guy is going to be, you know, I don't think he's going to be all pro first year, but I think he's going to be a productive player who gives you something in year one. Let's, let's move around to so some of the other play, teams. Play, play that back whenever he, uh, he yeah. gets hurt in, the, in training camp and is out for the year. So. Wow. Don't be saying that stuff. Yeah. As I knock on wood, knock on wood. Yes. We got to put on, we got to put up, if he stays healthy, that, that whole banner again for, you know, uh, that we ran last year and they did stay healthy and all well, those guys didn't, but we, we had a, had enough to go 13 and four. So that's, that's pretty good. Anyway, uh, the bears had a pretty good off season this year. And it, you know, I mean, one of their off season moves was uh, Claypool from Pittsburgh, which is, which could be good for them, a wide receiver, but he's already been, had some crabbiness going on in camp. So who knows how that's going to work out. But uh, as you sent a note to me, they probably had the best off season of anybody with their, their trade down. You know, they had the the first overall draft pick, thanks to the Vikings whipping them on the last game of the year. And uh, they turned that pick into uh, another number one for next year and, and number two in 2025 plus the one this year. That's a dang good trade. So what would you say about the Bears? Well, you know, I think the Bears had the best off season in the NFC because they set themselves up for this. They took 
there's a lot of uh, torture that went on before they they got to the point where they could do this, and it helped that uh, it helped them that that they didn't need a quarterback. You know, it was, uh, obviously a quarter, the quarterback was going to go number one overall, so they were able to take you know that number one and parlay that into uh, you know trading it to Carolina, and you get uh, you, you said you get the the number one next year. You get you got the number nine pick uh, this year. You've got DJ Moore, who's a who's a proven playmaker, still in his prime, a receiver who comes to Chicago, and he, and and that helps Justin Fields, the guy that you, you know that I, you know they think he's going to be a winner, and I think he's going to be a winner. Uh, and, and then you take you you don't you sit you're at the number nine, and you say, well, what do we need to do now that that will help us the most? It's it's improving the offensive line for Justin Fields. So they they trade down again and get. Uh, uh, that that Darnell Wright um, uh, offensive tackle that's going to make him a better team. So uh, I, I like you know I like what, what where they're at, but you know also uh, they had a lot. I mean they had the most cap money. They had the number one draft pick and the most uh, cap space of anybody by far. So uh, it certainly looks like they had the 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 best off season, but that's only because they were coming from the, the furthest down the down the rung. And they had the most capital to spend. So uh, it's hard not to look at them. Sort of like when the, the Browns used to win the offseason every year because the Browns were always horrible and had all the money and, you know, two draft picks. And all. And with that now it has to – the Bears have to have made the right decisions, but it certainly looks right. like, you know, they had the best offseason. I can't argue with it. Uh, another team that in the NFC North that had a good offseason move – at least for them, and I, I, I actually wanted it to be blown up because for, for this reason. They traded uh, Aaron Rodgers to the, the Jets, and they made a haul in in getting back for him. And so they, they made a nice trade for them. That's going to get them right back into the fray if Jordan Love is is is, is any bit as you know good as uh, well the previous two. I'm not saying he's going to be that, but it, Jordan Love should be a decent quarterback. I, I think they're going to be right back in the mix. Not maybe not this year, but next year because they've got. Uh, They've got made some made some hay with trading Rogers. So, what do you think of that move? Well, I, I love the move. Just I might have liked it even if they had made the playoffs and, and Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy. And you know, Aaron Rodgers is forty years old, or he's going to be forty years old here before the season, I believe. And you know, when they're spending that that number one pick, they're going to get next year for him. Aaron Rodgers is probably going to be you know saying goodbye, and so. Uh, to get that kind of money for a guy who's already he's been in the league for 18 years, who's 40 years old, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't see, I didn't see the Packers. I mean, after what they, how they played last year, uh, they, you know, he didn't have the, the ended up not having the weapons, and he didn't. And it, the bottom line is, he didn't want to be there. Yeah, it's, right. it's a totally different animal if he's, if he's Peyton Manning, and we're seeing at the end of his career, uh, this, this would be the same thing for for uh, Brett Favre when he was at the end. Uh, you know, Brett Favre didn't want anything to do with the offseason. Brett Favre didn't want, you know, fighting with the Packers. You know, so they had to move on from him. Uh, now they had to move on from Rodgers. Uh, it benefits them, you know, tremendously for what they got out of the. I think it helped maybe uh, when they had the Jets over the barrel there for how, however many months it was, uh, you know, because it, uh, that second-round pick became a conditional uh, first-round pick if Rodgers plays 65% of the snaps. Well, he probably will, I would think, unless uh, you know, the, unless the, the Jets are terrible and they get up to that sixty-four percent and they bench him, you know, and say we're not going to give you a number one next year. 
But, that, you know, you don't bring in Aaron Rodgers to do that, you know. No. So uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to play 65%. The Packers are going to get a first-round draft pick for that. Uh, they're going to have two number one picks next year. Um, so, yeah, I like I, I, I like that trade. And uh, I don't even if uh, the Jets are – are a player in the, if they make the playoffs in the AFC I, and Rodgers plays well. I still like that for the Packers. Give you know, uh, the, the thing about moving on from a disgruntled uh, veteran quarterback like Favre or Rodgers, they both had a Super Bowl in their back pocket. So give me that opportunity to, to let's get rid of Cousins, but only if he's got a Super Bowl in his back pocket. Then, then I'll have no problem with that. See you, Kirk. But, you know. The, the Nick the Nick Mullins era begins as long as you have that Super Bowl, right? Damn right. Bring it on. Uh, you know, the Lions also in the NFC Central, who many are picking to win the division. They had a pretty active uh, offseason because they, they're still banking on, you know, trade uh, uh, draft picks from, from I think, the Jared Goff trade, the Matthew Stafford trade. So, uh, you know, they did pretty good. It probably wasn't as newsworthy as something like trading Aaron Rodgers this year, but how'd you think they did in the offseason? Well, I, you know, I, I like that, you know, their secondary was horrible and they went out and they got some guy, you know, getting CJ Gardner Johnson from, from the Eagles was, you know, was a, a big move. And then they got uh, Mosley and, uh, and Cam Sutton, you know, guys that, you know, corners and safeties that, that can play the, play the position and help them out. And when you couple that with what what they're putting together as far as the pass rush, uh, you know the, the Lions had a uh, a very <clears throat> as much as we you know, like to poke fun at Jared Goff. I mean Jared Goff sort of went a long way toward rewriting the perception about him last year, right? Right. And also that that, that offense was very was very dangerous. And now if you put the defense, that's why everybody is saying, hey, you know the the Lions are the team, you know. Yeah. And you got to be be leery of that stuff because it seems like every time someone says that, uh, and I can speak from experience as a as a uh, from Cleveland, is uh, the year that that they were going to be the Super Bowl, uh, you know, darlings. They you know they got their head handed to them in the week one, 34-13, and it wasn't much uh, uphill after that. And so, uh, yeah, to me the, the Lions they did they improved themselves defensively, and if they can put the defense with that offense, uh, they, you know they're they're not going to go away. Uh, because they're they're on the brink of doing something pretty good, right? I I, I agree with you. It'll be interesting to see how they do this year. So a couple other names you mentioned to me as uh, did well as at least one anyway. The 49ers, You thought they had a uh, decent offense, continuing to build on that defense that's already dominant. You know, I think they're going to need. You know, they might not just have. You know, you make a good point in that. You haven't made it yet, but I'll let you make it. Uh, but they're still going to need that uh, quarterback to play like he did last year. And, that, you know, we don't know if that was a fluke or if that was for real with Purdy or whatever. But anyway, what do you think of the 49ers? Well, Purdy, and, and I wouldn't write off Trey Lance either. I mean, I, to me, they, I wrote him off. If he ain't here, yeah. I wrote him off. Yeah, so to Trey Lance, um, and, and they need a bridge to get to Kirk in 2024, right? So <laughs> – uh, so whether whether Purdy or uh, Trey Lance is the bridge to Kirk and toward, you know, the, the, yeah, the quarterback's got to play well. I mean, the 49ers were amazing and what we wrote them off after Lance was, was got hurt. And then Garoppolo came back. We're like, well, you know, Garoppolo, even though he wasn't around the offseason, he's still a winner. He gets hurt. We wrote we definitely wrote him off there. And then Purdy comes in and goes five and oh, six and oh, as a as a rookie, you know, uh, Mr. Irrelevant. We're like, oh, OK, well. But then when he got hurt in that playoff game, it was like, okay, 
it's official. We can write the, you know, and then, then they basically became like a 1940s type of, uh, probably 1920s type of offense. And once he was hurt, they couldn't do anything. So, uh, yeah, you do need a quarterback to, to win in this league. Uh, even though the 49ers, they had like three or four of them, and they just didn't have enough of them. So, uh, but I, I here's a case where, okay, the Vikings are getting, um, you know, Flores coming in as a defensive coordinator. We're excited about that. Uh, on the flip side, like the 49ers were the best defense in the league last year. They lost their their defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans, to, to the Texans. But, you know, in saying that, I still think they're going to be pretty darn good because they have all those uh, – yeah. they have all that talent that they had, and then now they, they go out and they get the best interior pass rusher in the league and, and – uh, Javon Hargrave, which was he was a he was probably if I had to pick one guy that, that was responsible for really the, the Eagles played defense last year, what kind of starts from him and, and flows outward, it'd be that guy in the middle and what the pressure that he yeah. brought in the middle and how that helped the guys on the edge. So the Bosa's of the world now in you know, so the 49ers, I think that move was uh was was outstanding for them. God, the Vikings should tank. There's nowhere to go once you win the division. You know, there's nowhere to go when you get when you got the Eagles that are still really decent, and and the 49ers just keep getting better. But what are you going to do? Um, one last note here: you said, you know, if if uh, you said if the Vikings hit a home run with Flores, uh, you think that uh, the Red uh, the, the Commanders uh, uh, might uh, hit him up to come be their coach and have. Uh, Eric Bieniemy as OC. So, oh no, I, that's not what you said. You said something completely different. Yeah. Um, I was, I was thinking, misquoted. I was misquoted, Joe. Right, right to your face. How about that? Um, you think uh, the Vic- if the Vikings hit the home run with Flores, the Commanders did with uh, Eric Bieniemy as OC? Do you do you believe that? I I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm wondering if if uh, uh, the whole Eric Bieniemy. Uh, uh, thing that we've talked about every off season is maybe going to come, come home to roost. Maybe we will, might find out that it was more, more uh, the head coach down in KC than. Well, it's, clearly it was more the head coach. I mean, uh, what, what I never understood was uh, Matt Nagy uh, leaves to go to Chicago. He was offensive coordinator. He didn't call plays under Andy Reid. He goes to Chicago. He wins, uh, NFL coach of the year in his, in his rookie, his first year, a lot of that had to do with the defense, but, you know, nevertheless, the guy has a coach of the year uh, on his skin, on his wall. Uh, other guys have had, you know, Brad Childress didn't call plays. Uh, he got a, He got the job with the Vikings. Um, you know, there's been guys that have worked under Andy Reid who, who've not called plays who've and gone on, uh, you know, and here's Eric Bieniemy all these years, never getting an opportunity. Uh, and uh, granted, it's only he's stepping out from this. You know, he the, the assumption was he'd step out and be a head coach somewhere. Well, that didn't happen. So I think, you know, he steps out now to be an offensive coordinator, kind of prove himself there. Now, Washington's a that's a tough one to do it with because you're, you know, your your quarterback situation is not great. Uh, it's not a uh, not a great organization. It's not a great team that's coming off. It's uh so it, it's up against the Cowboys in the division. So it, it's a tough one. It's a tough row for him to, to hoe. But I think, um, you know, he is going to bring, my goodness, I mean, the Andy Reid, what, what Andy Reid has going in Kansas City the past 10, 12 years, and to have Bianami uh, be a big part of that for most of that time uh, is, is a win for Washington, I feel. 
Can't argue with you, but I, I'll remain to be seen. I love that uh, cliche, tough road to hoe, because I grew up hoeing beans for my uncle on this farm when I was a kid. And so I, I know what a tough road to hoe looks like. Um, Fat, we'll take a break because that role was tough to hoe. And oh. uh, we'll be back with the final uh, segment of uh, Vikings Territory Breakdown. Welcome back, folks, to Vikings Territory Breakdown with Mark Craig from the Star Tribune. Mark wanted to do his last segment talking about another big name offseason guy who's in the news because he's still not signed. And it's just, or it hasn't been extended. Justin Jefferson, wide receiver from, great wide receiver from the Minnesota Vikings. Um, you, you said you saw a note somewhere that Jefferson was a dark horse MVP candidate, which he kind of was last year. But, uh, uh, since this is the place where I called him overrated a few weeks ago, uh, I clearly don't agree with that. But it sounds like you don't either. You don't think he can be MVP next year, Mark? Wow. wow. So, so when you said he was a great receiver, you should have said great and overrated receiver, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> I think he's great. But uh, now, he, he uh, you know, last year he was a uh, – I forget what week it was, but he was – he was, I feel – uh, in the in the in the top three four MVP because I you know I, as I'm trying to figure out my vote for the MVP yep. uh, he was right there he, he, and they went to when they went to Green Bay I mean his numbers were I mean uh, he was ascending it was it was great you know they're winning all these late these late games he had he was uh, the he become the becoming the face of the league he had the greatest catch in the league in last year and in many years uh, everything kind of points at it. And plus, voters probably aren't going to think of Kirk Cousins. If you normally, whenever a receiver has a great year like that, it's the quarterback that becomes right. you know. But I don't think people are going to wrap their heads around Kirk as that an MVP. Pass was a prayer. <laughs> so, so well, no, no, I'm not talking just about that play. Yeah, I'm talking about, I'm talking about in general. You know, like great receiver, kind of uh, his main competitor is, uh, you know, like Jerry Rice having a great year. Uh, his competitor for MVP was the guy throwing up Joe right. Montana, throwing in the ball or, or Steve young. Uh, so, you know, to me, it, he was right there until they, they go to green Bay and he doesn't wear the right freaking cleats, which half the team didn't wear slid all over the place. Jair Alexander, you know, basically showed him up, embarrassed yeah. him, did the gritty over top of him, uh, shut him down. Now, whether he did that, you know, the, the argument afterwards, well, Take me on, take me, take me on one on one. Well, that's not the way the NFL does. It works. I mean, Alexander you know, had some help over the top, and I know I, he was probably bragging a little bit too much. But bottom line is, uh, and I was talking to, to uh, O'Connell about this just off to the side, and at the end of last year, I said because I was talking about uh, having a vote and uh, where he, where I thought O'Connell was in the Coach of the Year. This was right after Green Bay, yeah, where he oh, was in that yeah. race, and I said. I go and I said your receiver was an MVP candidate until he didn't wear the shoe the right shoes. That I said maybe you should have told him to wear the shoes. You know? And it, <laughs> and I don't want so I don't want to get into what he kind of rolled his eyes like. And and Wes Phillips in his defense came out and, and publicly told said that these players should have listened to the coaches and the and the uh, and the, the trainers of uh, the yep. equipment guys and all this stuff who had experience and. Um, Hell, Dennis with, Ryan with, quit in protest yeah. for crying out loud. So, you so yeah, I, that God, poor De Dennis, I love you, but I was I'm, I'm escaping me. But 
Yeah, Dennis Ryan is. They've only had two equipment managers in the history of, of the fight of the franchise. This guy's been with them since the mid '70s, when he was in 18, 19 years old, maybe even younger. He was telling them what to wear, and there were guys not wearing what they should have worn. Uh, so, he, and whenever he only had one catch, he got him, you know, shown up by Alexander. They lost the game. They got uh, he fell out. I mean, that was it for him, as far as I was concerned. But I do feel like he he could win MVP. Uh, it, but it'd have to be something like, I mean, he's gone from like 88 catches to 108 to 128. He's wow. gone from 1400, 1600 to 1800 receiving. I think in order for him to win MVP, is like uh, these a lot of stars have to align. He'd have to have a 2,000 yard season. They would have to, uh, you know, they would have to 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 win. You know, be a, a winning you know, playoff team. And I think he's probably got to catch more touchdowns. His touchdown totals have ranged from that seven to 10 range to seven, eight and 10. I think it is, mm-hmm. um, you know, a lot of stuff being said about how he, you know, his numbers were, you know, he blew past Randy and catches and all this. One number he didn't, he didn't come close to sniffing with Randy in that rookie year was 18 touchdowns in a rookie season. So, wow. uh, you know, Randy still, Randy still knew how to, to get to the end zone. Absolutely. So I'm not ready to put Randy on the poo poo pile. Uh, even though this guy is great and everyone believes in him, except for this one guy, Joe Oberly keeps calling him overrated. So, so do we have you to blame then that he didn't get the uh, MVP last year, Mark, since you're voting? And you didn't, you I, I, he, he has not listening to Dennis Ryan. He puts on the right cleats. He has, he has a Randy Moss game in Lambeau and uh, you know, they win 14 games and he wins MVP. And the, the other, the other thing about uh, what could be, like we, I mentioned, was working in his favor is the fact that I don't think anyone really views Kirk as an MVP candidate. If for whatever reason, it would be like, well, I know what reason, but uh, it would be, you know, if, if Jeff, Justin Jefferson has a 2,000-yard season, they're going to be looking more at him, you know, than, than, uh, than Kirk O'Chains, I guess. It would have been last year if Kirk was ever going to get it because the, the things he did at the end of ball games last year to win, win football games was pretty amazing, and, and it was consistent, and it was uh, often. Um, well, that oh – God, now I lost my question. Oh, I mean, I, I don't – do you think it's uh, possible? I mean, those numbers that you put up that he uh, Jefferson would have to get in order to get the MVP, I don't think this offense – will allow that to happen next year. And the reason being is you got Hawkinson with a year uh, and a camp with this team. You've got, uh, uh, you know, the, the rookie coming in, you got the rise of, 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 of Osborne. who's was only going to be as good or better. Um, I think you're going to see the, the offense spread around more and, and JJ, you know, maybe from time to time will be a decoy because he's going to get, he's still going to get coverage if he's the best in the league. And, uh, so I, I just don't see that it's that that's why it's not possible for a receiver to get the, the MVP in the first place, because there's so many options for a receiver. You just, if you just do one, if a person just gets obscene numbers and nobody else gets anything, then despite you're getting, you know, he's catching all those catches and touchdowns in double coverage and even triple, then he's the guy, but I just don't see it happening. I think they'll, I'll think they'll, uh, spread it around even more than they did last year. And without Delvin cook in there. You know, uh, I don't know. I, I I just don't see it happening. No offense to, to Justin Jefferson. I don't, I don't think that uh, the offense will be geared around him that much. Well, that that's what's that's the one side of the argument. The other side of the argument is the uh, 
what's the cliche when you raise the waters all when you raise the water all boats all the boats, raise all, boats. Yeah. all the all the boats come up well yeah. you know to me I, when people i've seen somewhere seen it written somewhere where uh you know um Justin Jefferson's going to have more catches because or he's going to have a bigger year because Dalvin Cook's not there to take take you know carries or whatever away from it. Well, I I always kind of look at at the other way. It's like having a, having another weapon, having Hawkinson, having Addison across from him, uh, having you know say to say it was Dalvin. Now maybe it's a more of a you know a uh, running Indeed. game that gets you that gets you those third and short, gets you a first down. That's another three three downs that weren't there before that Justin Jefferson could have could have a catch or or you know th- there's two eyes that suddenly glance at Hawkinson over the middle Justin Jefferson goes down the sideline um, I just I, I always see it as like when you have that that many weapons there's more opportunities because you're on the field longer and 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 there's more favorable coverage for a, for a great receiver who's going to get his numbers. So if maybe his if his catches go down a little bit, I mean his average goes up. Um, you know, I, I still feel like that he can have a two thousand yard season with them, as you say, maybe spreading the ball around a little more because the better that they all are, the better that he becomes. I feel. High tide raises all boats. Yeah, that's a good point. It could happen that way. Can't talk about Justin Jefferson without his contract. You know, uh, the guy is under contract, I think, for two more years. But uh, you know, there's been plenty of talk about how they got to sign him. That's going to be the biggest thing. But uh, 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 Jeremy Fowler from ESPN, a guy that you and I used to work with in, at, at Winter Park when he was here covering the Vikings, uh, had this report. He said the Minnesota Vikings are in no major rush to extend superstar wide receiver Justin Jefferson. Here's a quote. He's only – three years into a rookie deal that has two years left with a fifth year option. So not in a major rush to do it right now. Um, he doesn't say who that quote is from, but uh, uh, you know, he tweeted that out and that's, that's kind of interesting. And it, and it makes sense to me, you know, is that going to, why was there, has there been so much steam to, to resign him? Because uh, you know, I suppose because he's done so well, you've got to therefore give him a raise. Well, you know, the Vikings don't have that kind of cap space to do it. I don't know. This makes sense to me. Do you, do you think it has any uh, steam behind it? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if he's tipping his hand against himself or not, but he's, he said, and guys can always change their mind, but you know, he did, unlike Daniel Hunter, he showed up for mandatory minicamp. That's a good sign yeah. for the Vikings. He said when, when he when interviewed at, Many camp that he wasn't, he would not hold out. So that helps, you know. <laughs> um, also, you know, what they what they get fined per day, you know, is would add up for a guy that's not yet to his second contract. Um, you know, I think it depends on on a lot on the player and what his approach is, and also the Vikings. You know, who who's who's who does it uh, whose advantage is it to to wait? You know, it would appear to be the Vikings' advantage to wait, but. What if what if he improves on next? Then then the price does could go, price could go keep could go up. The price could go down. So, you know, all we know right now is that the, they took the fifth year option on him, obviously, and that's at I think that's at like only only uh, like nineteen million, I think, uh, for for his fifth year, which which 
you know, here's a guy when he signs, he's going to be getting over 30 million a year. Uh, so I feel like as long as the player is okay with it, uh, yeah, you because you, he, he is a special, special case. You I mean sometimes you say, well, we don't want to set a precedence of, you know, we, we wait till uh, after, before they go into their last year. With that fifth year option, that would be this time next year. But I think with guys like him, you, you know, you probably have to make exceptions uh, depending on where their mind is. Uh, so, uh, well, if he's being a good soldier, like you just described, is do you think it's possible he's being a good soldier? Say, okay, I'm handing you this olive branch. You know, come on back to me here. You know, let let's get this done. I'm being I'm being doing the, what you want me to do. I'm not being uh, trashing in the pub in the media. I'm not holding out. I'm not doing every, you know, let's, you know, here's, here's my good faith. Let's, let's see yours. And then that could backfire by not, by saying, Oh God, we're not in a rush to get it done. Might, that might be a. Yeah. I, I think that, uh, you know, I think, I do think the bottom line, there is a good relationship between them, between him and his people and the Vikings, uh, which is good. Cause they, you know, right. They clearly don't have that right now with Daniel. They didn't have it with Diggs. Uh, so that can be a that can be a problem, uh, but you know let's not mistake um, him saying he's going to show up at, at camp with the fact that I, I'd be stunned if he you know that he would want he would definitely want something now because you know say say you get a, a guarantee of I don't know what whatever Tyreek got or uh, which set the market I believe you know he's going to get more and each game that you play is one less chance of of that happening because. Each game that he that they play without him getting that is one is one more opportunity for something really bad to happen, and, and he doesn't get that, you know. So, I still think something will happen. I, I think it's going to happen on the on the on the on the eve or or when they kick off camp. I can see it it clear as day in my head. I don't and I don't know how it works financially. I'm not. If I was Rob Brzezinski, I, I, I wouldn't be talking to you right now, Joe, at ten o'clock on a Friday Thursday morning. I would um, I'd be playing golf somewhere. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'd invite you to play golf. Um, but you could be I, at, I like, at Mankato He's a fan. He's a fan yeah. of Mankato Brewery. Yes. They're going to kick off camp and, and Justin Jefferson is going to walk up and they're going to say, you know, we've extended him for, you know, 25 years for $5.6 bazillion. Hooray. You know, and, and that's how I see it, but it could be wrong. I think it should come with a guarantee of a football. So anyway, um, that, uh, that, uh, that said, you know, we thought, we thought coming in here, this is going to be a, a short one, but it turned into a long one because we started talking about Kirk and we can go all, all on and on and on. So Mark, thanks for your insights each week and always enjoy that. Uh, thanks Mike Walden. We just poked his head in here for a little bit to check on us and see how we're doing. He's producing behind the scenes. Thanks to all you folks. I, I hope the uh, the you enjoy the fact you get a little overtime with Vikings Territory Breakdown Podcast. So thanks for tuning in each week. We sure appreciate it. And thanks to Joe Joe Johnson for uh, for setting us up in the first place. So until next week, we'll see you then. Skull. Skull.